Hey there, piano friends. I'm hearing from a lot of you that school's back in session, but all the fun activities are closed down. There's nothing that, for our kids to participate in, so a lot of you are turning to piano. And I'm here today to give you some piano hacks to make your transition to learning piano easy. Parker. I've been teaching classical piano for 25 years and I've been playing it for 35 and I want to help you teach your child piano even if you've never played before you just need the right tools I'm gonna give you a free gift right now if you click the link below it's a five-day piano challenge and it's gonna give you everything you need to know to teach the first month worth of classical piano to your child just to show you how easy it really can be so click the link below as parents are starting to get their kids back into a school routine, many are finding that there's just no activities for them to participate in like they used to. And so they're turning to piano lessons, but then they're shocked with the sticker price of thousands of dollars per child per year for lessons. And once again, they feel lost. What can I get my child involved in? And I'm here to say that you can get your child involved in piano today for little cost. You do not have to pay thousands of dollars a year per child. And that's my first hack is that don't hire a teacher. You can be the teacher. Now, I'm not talking about the advanced student who's been playing for years and really needs a qualified instructor. I'm talking about the beginner. There's no reason why any parent can't teach the beginning levels of piano with the right resources. That's all it takes is having the right tools at your disposal. And so I'm here to say, don't hire a teacher. Start having that bonding experience with you as the piano teacher. This is probably the greatest hack I can give you, that you don't have to wait till you can afford lessons. You don't have to wait until you have time in the schedule for another outing. You don't have to wait until you feel safe with all the stuff going on in the world right now that maybe I shouldn't be having another outing out of the house right now. You can do it from the comfort of your own home in a schedule that works for you with you as the teacher. And how great if you can learn alongside the child. This brings me to my next practice hack. Practice hack number two, which is practice logs. I'm gonna give you another free link below that I want you to click on. And this is just a blank sheet with a practice log outline. And what you're gonna do is if your child's already in private lessons, then have them fill out the homework that their teacher signed on the left-hand side. And if they're not in private lessons, if you're the teacher, then you fill out the left-hand side of what their homework is for the week. And each time they complete one of the items on the practice log, they put a check mark next to the day they completed it. This is so important to do a practice log instead of just saying, go practice piano, because kids that just say, go practice piano, what ends up happening is they just practice whatever. They just play old songs. They goof around on the piano. They don't actually practice their homework. And so you want to give them a really good outline to follow to make their practice time easy and effective. That's why it's so important. And even if they're with a private instructor, I recommend you doing this as the parent. There's no greater motivator than the parent. This brings me to practice hack number three, the rewards and the incentives. Maybe you're thinking, the teacher's already doing this, or isn't this the teacher's job? And I, like I said before, there's no greater motivator than the parent, and the reason why is this. Let's say I have a studio, and I have a treasure box with Dollar Tree rewards in it, and once every two months, a child can earn that reward. 
Well, a Dollar Tree prize once every two months is not going to go very far with most kids. And once you get to like 10 and 11 up, it's not going to go anywhere. It's just not going to be very motivating. But that's what most teachers can do for reward incentive. And so what I'm saying is the best reward incentive comes from you the parent. You know the language of your child. You know what moves their heart and motivates them to practice. In our family, it's media. If our child um, completes their entire practice log for the week, they get an hour of media. If they complete the whole practice log and have a great lesson, they get two hours of media. It works really well for our kids to get a little bit of extra media than they would have gotten on the weekend. Maybe your child is motivated by ice cream. Let's go on an ice cream outing if you get all your check marks. Or let's have a family game night. Or you don't have to do this chore today. Whatever motivates your child, let that be the reward incentive. If you're having a child that's having trouble practicing, even with this weekly reward, go to a daily smaller reward. Have them bring the practice log to you each day that they practice and then give them a very small reward at the end of the day until it becomes a habit and then move to the weekly reward system. This is the best motivating tool you can give your child to be consistent with their practice because it's not something that you're just born with that you want to practice the hard stuff. Sure, everybody wants to sit down and play the piano, but not everybody wants to sit down and do their flashcards and do their scales. I have students all the time that are very, very talented and they come and their song is great, but I can tell they did not do their theory. They did not do their scales. They did not do their flashcards. And so we have to spend a giant portion of the lesson just doing those fundamental things instead of moving on to the next piece. No kid wants to practice that. So we give them rewards and incentives to motivate them to do that. That brings me to my next hack, hack number four. And this hack is to give you some good practice techniques. The hack number four is called the penny hack. And what that is, is it is so important that your child has curved fingers when they're playing, that their wrist is level with their hand. And what ends up happening is a student's wrist often ends up going lower or higher when they're first learning. For example, um, so let's say this is a level line of my hand and my wrist. This is what it should look like. Do you see how there's a small curve in my hand? My fingers are curved. What ends up happening with especially new students is their wrist goes really high and they're playing like this or the wrist goes really low and they're playing down here, and that's not good. And maybe you're thinking, this doesn't matter, they're just having fun, and I'm here to say it matters so much. They can actually cause damage to their body where they won't be able to play anymore. I hear parents say all the time, well, my student's not, my child's not interested in learning classical, it doesn't matter, they're just having fun. You can actually cause physical damage to your child's arm if they do not learn to play with proper technique. It is so important. And so here's a technique you can use to help them master that because it's not gonna be mastered overnight, especially if they've been in lessons for a year or more and the teacher hasn't addressed that, then it's gonna be a habit that needs to be broken and that's gonna take time. So the penny hack, here's what you do. When they're playing a song they know or a scale, put a penny on the top of their hand. And then as they play it, if the penny falls off, it means that they lifted their wrist too high or too low and it slid off. It's a great hack and it really helps them focus on not moving their wrist while they play. 
And so what I do is first I do it on just one hand and then I switch it to the other hand when they get good at that first hand. And then when they can do both hands independently with a penny hack, then I do hands together. I put a penny on this hand and a penny on this hand. And really students can even do this themselves. They could put the penny on one hand and then very carefully put the penny on the other and play with the pennies on their hand. Now we're not gonna play every single song all day, every day with pennies on our hand, but it's a great way to say, am I lifting my wrist too high or too low? And that really helps them keep in control of their wrist. Hack number five is very similar. It's another hack to help you help your child have good technique. A lot of us parents out there maybe don't know how, like, okay, I know the wrist isn't supposed to look like that, but what am I supposed to do to do it, to fix it? And so we have the penny hack, and now I'm going to give you another one, and this is the weight hack. So if your child consistently has their wrist specifically too high, their fingers are down here, and you notice their wrists are going up. What you're going to do is you're going to tie a string around their wrist with something very lightweight, but that has a little bit of weight to it, maybe one or two pounds, maybe a heavy set of keys or like a beanie baby, just something that's like a pound or two. And then they're going to play. And when they lift their wrist, they can feel the weight that they're having to pull up. It's almost like an exercise. And it reminds them, wait, I'm not supposed to be lifting my wrist. Now, the thing I will warn you about with this is be careful that your child then doesn't make the wrist go all the way down. We don't want a low wrist either. Most kids feel the weight and they just kind of know to keep their wrist, you know, stationary with level with their hand. But if you have that one off child that the weight is just too much on them, try to lower the weight that you're putting on, or maybe this tack won't work as well with them. But make sure that their wrist, wrist is level. And this is a great way to keep them from raising their wrist too high. The last hack, hack number six, is the blindfold hack. And that sounds super weird. All it means is you don't have to stare at your hands to play piano. And I have students that are new all the time. And when they're first learning to play, their eyes are glued to the piano. They even, you know, lift their hand out of the way to make sure they're playing the right notes. It's not necessary. You don't have to look at your hands. You can feel where the notes are. So pick something that your child is really comfortable doing. Maybe it's a song that they know really well inside and out, or maybe it's a scale and maybe they don't know any of those things really well. And so maybe they just know where the notes are on the piano. They know C, D, E, F, G, A, B. Have them put in that case, have them put their thumb on middle C, their right hand thumb. And so that each finger is on a white note. So the thumbs on C, the second fingers on D, the third fingers on E, the fourth finger's on F, and the fifth finger is on G. Now, have them close their eyes. Put a blindfold on if you have like a little scarf that you can do to make sure they're not peeking. And then have them play. If they're playing a song, have them have their hand in the hand position for the song and then have them play. If they're playing a scale, first have them get their hand set up for the scale position and then have them play the scale with their eyes closed. If they don't know either of those, put the hand position like I talked about on C, D, E, F, G. And then have them play the notes in order. Say, play a C, play a D, play an E. With their eyes closed, they'll be able to do it. We're trying to train the child that they don't have to stare at their hands. And this is something that you're going to want to do repeatedly as they're learning songs, as they're getting comfortable with songs. Show them that you know this better than you think you do. You can do this with your eyes closed. It's something that is so exciting for kids to be like, oh my goodness, I just played the piano with my eyes closed. But it's teaching them a valuable skill. It's teaching them to not stare at their hands like their life is dependent on it.
Thanks for sticking with me. If some of what I was talking about was a little unfamiliar with you, then I suggest that you do the free five-day piano challenge that I'm offering. Basically, it's five weeks of piano instructions crammed into five intensive days. You can do it. And it's going to show you that you are capable of teaching the very beginning levels to your child. And so what you're going to do is each day you're going to watch a five-minute video with your child. And then you're going to help them practice the concepts in that video for another 15 minutes and then have them go off and practice on their own for another 10 to 20 minutes. And you're gonna do the same thing each and every day. And you're gonna get five weeks worth of piano lessons in five days. What a great way to jumpstart your learning into piano. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you use some of these piano hacks and they're helpful to you. And I encourage you to just subscribe and I'll give you a lot more free content because I am passionate that every child deserves the opportunity to learn classical piano. The free link to the piano challenge is in the bottom as is the link to the practice log. Subscribe today.